you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Well, good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Man, you guys look good today. I wasn't talking to you. I was just playing. <laughs> you always got that one in the group. Well, thank you. We're so glad to have you, Compassion. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. As I say every Sunday, you're not here by accident, but by divine appointment. Uh, God has a word that he wants to speak into your life today. And you thought you just came to hear some preaching or being in a church service, but this was a divine moment for God to speak into your life, uh, to have an impact in your life, and that's what we're believing is going to happen today. Amen. Start a new sermon series today called Forgiveness University. Now, do me a favor, just like we have, you know, TCU or OU, don't make this short. Just call it Forgiveness University, okay? <laughs> just, just, just say it. Just say, some of you go, I don't get what's he talking about. In a few minutes, you'll go, oh, I, I get it now. I, I get it now. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is unforgiveness. If he can get unforgiveness in your life, he can get you bitterness. He can live, keep you living in a place of anger, unsatisfied, comparing yourself to others. Whatever it may be, for the next... and. Normally, we only do four-week series here at Compassion. For the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about unforgiveness because it is that important. In fact, just like you get, you know, four years you get a college degree, it takes six years to, to get a master's degree. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you a master's degree in unforgiveness. At the end of this, in fact, I'm going to give you a diploma. I'm going to give you a diploma is what I'm going to give you. And what some of you would do at work and that person that makes you mad upsets you all the time, when they're upset you, you just pull out your diploma and say, I got a master degree for you. This, the, I got this degree just because of you. Because I knew one day I'd meet someone like you that I'd need a master's degree and how to forgive and you have tried my forgiveness. So for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about forgiveness. Today, we're going to be in Forgiveness 101. And today, I'm going to talk to you about the gift of forgiveness. That Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died on a cross for you, shed his blood for you. That through the shedding of his blood, you would have forgiveness of all your sins and all your faults and all your fairies. In other words, God the Father sent his son to let you know that he forgives you. He forgives you. And let me say this to you today. It is by nothing that you do. It's not because you deserve it. It's not even because you're worthy of it. He gives it to you because you are his child and he loves you. When I give my kids a birthday gift, I don't say to them the, week, the day before, wait a minute, what have you done right? What have you done wrong? It decides whether I buy you a birthday gift. Maybe I should start doing that. It would save me some money. 
But I give them that gift because they're my kid. Can I tell you the same situation today that God freely gives you the gift of forgiveness because he loves you and all you do is ask? But let me say this to you also. Freely you have received. Freely you give. If you're going to receive the gift of forgiveness, then you must give the gift of forgiveness. It's not an option. It's not an option. I want you to turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. How many know that we go and move beyond grace? There's a next level. It's discipline. It's a decision to do right. We are all saved by grace. We receive grace. But let me express something to you today. There are things that God tells us to get rid of, let go of, put behind us. It's the old self, not the new self. It belonged to you when you were then, but not who you are now. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I love this right here. Be kind. If you're a Christian, can I say to you today, you are called, ordained, and destined to be kind and compassionate. For you who are always mad and got a frown on your face, that is not Christ inside of you. Those, those of you who think you've got a righteous anger, you get to treat people the way you want to because of your righteous anger, that ain't God either. That ain't no righteous anger, that's just anger. Now listen to what he says. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you see what I'm saying? He says, I gave it to you. I gave you a gift. Now you pass it on. You give it to somebody else. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray today that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this service the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and by your presence. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. The command is given here that we, we get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, brawling, slander, malice. That just messed some of y'all's day up. Because what are y'all going to do for the rest of the week? You had, you had some juicy tidbit of information that you want to get to your co-worker when you got back to work. But he goes on and he begins to talk about another gift that we as believers are to have and give and the gift that we have received so freely from Christ is the same gift that we are going to pass on to those who hurt us, mistreat us. In fact, if you look at the word uh, unforgiveness and begin looking at the scriptures, it mean, I mean, in the Webster's Dictionary, it says it's unwilling or unable to forgive. See, unforgiveness starts out at this unwillingness. You made me mad. You've hurt my feelings. You've done me wrong. But eventually, that unwillingness will lead to unable. You now that individual that has gotten into your bones and into your psyche, into your very soul, and you're unable to forgive those who have wronged you and sinned against you. And he goes on to say this. Webster says, having or making no allowance for errors or weakness. 
So that's eventually what happens. How many of you in this church are perfect? Raise your hand. Nope. None of us. All of us have made mistakes, had failures. All of us have done things wrong. All of us. And somewhere, someone gave us the gift of forgiveness. They forgave us. But yet somewhere, as Webster's Dictionary says, we get to the place that we're not willing to make allowances for others who have wronged us. So I want to talk to you today about unforgiveness, the basics, the entry level, the very starting point of unforgiveness. Number one, I want you to write this out. Unforgiveness is created by offense. Unforgiveness is created by offense. Offense. Offense is someone's made you mad. Someone's upset you. Someone says something they shouldn't have said or did something they shouldn't have done. Offense is some not only maybe hurt, not only I made you mad, but actually hurt you. In fact, we can many times deal with being mad, someone making us mad. What's worse is when we get hurt. To our very core, to our, to our very heart, we get hurt. In fact, that's many times harder to overcome than actually being what? I'm mad and upset. And as we begin to look here, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. In other words, this is what it says here. Stop trying to find a reason to be offended. We know that offense will eventually lead to unforgiveness. But some of you, let's just be honest, you're always waiting, looking, trying to find how someone is doing you wrong. Well, what you look for, guess what? You'll find it. You'll find it. That's just the way it is. You stare long enough. You, you try to find it long enough. You try to make it up long enough that people are going to do it. How many times has that happened? How many times have you done something and, and not mean it or not try to do it, but others got mad about it? We're at a restaurant yesterday sitting on the patio and as we're looking out, I'm just thinking in my mind and I'm, I'm staring straight ahead toward the road and as I'm thinking in my mind, I do it all the time. Laura will say, what are you thinking about? Because I'm always thinking because I'm so smart. Is that I'm staring and looking straight ahead. All of a sudden, I notice that I'm actually staring straight at a girl. There's a woman right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, and she's going, And I'm like, well. And I went, I'm taken. <laughs> she wasn't looking at me. I was like 22 or something like that. She's like, why is this grandpa looking at me? <laughs> What's wrong with this stuff? Oh, he's old. That's what she thought. He's old. He can't turn his head too much anymore. <laughs> work, work. See, so how many times in our life have we got upset about something that wasn't true? I've learned as a pastor 90% of what people, or you think what people do to you, they were not doing to you. They were trying to hurt you. They weren't trying to mistreat you. They weren't trying to mislie you. Truth is, they didn't even know they were doing what they did. 
But you're always looking for some reason. I get it, it's insecurities. I get it, it's past hurts. I get it, it's the way you've been treated. I get it, it's experience. But just because I get it don't mean it's right. Unforgiveness comes when we make a decision to always be looking for someone to do us wrong. Eventually you'll get what you want. Proverbs 19.11 says this, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook offense. In fact, some of you are looking for it when it's not even there. But some of you, you are actually benefited. Someone is doing something wrong to you, being mean to you, mistreating you, talking about you behind your back, making fun of that clothes you have on, making fun of the job you did. They're making fun of you. I get it. I was walking down the hallway uh, this week and I was singing and someone goes, no. <laughs> no. I didn't get offended because I knew the truth. I couldn't see. Were they being mean? Yes. Are they going to hell? You're sure they're going to hell. <laughs> but see, the, the Bible says that not only are we to look for it, but when it does happen, we're to actually overlook it. Okay. I'm not going to let your anger, I'm not going to let what you said, I'm not going to let you drive me to the point of holding on to unforgiveness. If you will begin to overlook when people offend you, you'll stop living in the land of unforgiveness. How do we stop this offense? It tells us in James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take notice of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That really just messed up some of y'all's day. Very easily just said how we stop getting offended so easily. One, we are quick to listen. Stop. Before you assume. I got in trouble with that one time when I first started pastoring. You know what happens when you assume? I never knew the rest of that phrase. And I said that to a deacon's wife, and she goes, oh. and I'm like, what? She said, have you ever heard the end of that phrase? I said, no. And she told me, I went, oh, Stop for a second. Listen. Because what they did may have been because they've been hurt and they got pain and they're struggling. It may not be that it's directed towards you, although it feels that way, but if you'll stop for a second and listen, what you might find out is what is going on in their own life is making them do what they do. And instead of you being mad with them, won't you have pity on them and pray for them that God will fix them. The next thing he says is be slow to speak. I know that's hard for some of y'all. I get it. You can't help yourself. Would you learn the five-second rule? Just stop. I'm going to wait five seconds before I say anything because the words that I'm about to say I can't bring back. I'm, not, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to think about it. Now, I know how some of you are going to do. You can't help yourself. When you do that five, you're going to be like, mm. I know it, but at least you're still waiting five minutes or five. In fact, let me tell you about it. Some of you need to wait five minutes. <laughs> you, you know who I'm talking to. Y'all know who I'm talking to. You need, some of you need to wait five hours. Just walk away, go home, take a nap. Maybe God will visit you in your dreams. But not only am I slow to speak, he says slow to become angry. Make a decision. You're not going to let anger into your heart. 
I don't want unforgiveness, and I know if I let this anger settle in, it's going to turn into unforgiveness. The Bible actually says, do not let the sun go down with an angry heart towards your brother. Why? Because what started as a molehill will become a mountain the next day. And what's a mountain one day will become Mount Everest the next day. And really something that didn't matter. Something that didn't mean anything. I literally had a conversation with a guy one day. I asked him how his, him and his first wife divorced. He said, we got in a fuss one night. I left and I never came back. I said, what was the fuss about? He goes, I don't remember. What? I would say you're stubborn. And I would say you're bullheaded. And I would say, in fact, let me just say it to you, you're stupid. You got in a fight one night and never came back and y'all got divorced over that. Man, my Lord, honey, we've been divorced five million times. <laughs> We'd have been divorced today. Well, hush it up, woman. Nobody asked you to talk. Security. Security. Number two, unforgiveness reveals an open wound. First is unforgiveness comes through offense. Second is unforgiveness shows an open wound. If you're an open wound that's not been treated, you run the risk of infection. Right now, for some of you who maybe work with your hands, I work with my hands. I get open wounds all the time, paper cuts from books. It's a dangerous job. <laughs> Shut up. I, I began to read, and, and, and what I began to say is, is, if I have an open wound and it gets affected, what will happen is it will begin to get painful, There'll be swelling, redness, and eventually it'll make me sick. So is the same thing with unforgiveness in your life. Where there's an open wound, where you're not dealing with unforgiveness, it'll eventually begin to become painful. Painful in different parts of your life. But eventually what it'll do is it'll make you sick. That you see everything in life through the premise of your unforgiveness. See, God isn't really telling you to forgive others for the sake of others. God is telling you to forgive others for your sake. He knows that what will happen is, is that, that that unforgiveness will become a cancer that will spread and spread throughout your body. And it will begin to affect your thoughts, your emotions, your will, your decisions. I got a pastor that just, you leave his church, boy, you're in trouble. He won't have anything to do with you after that. You can't do that stuff. You got to love on people. You got to let yourself out of that prison. You got to make sure you don't get sick. And see, that's what unforgiveness begins to do in your life. I, I begin to read and how you stop an infection from an open wound. It said, first, stop the bleeding. Stop the flow is what it said. In other words, you've got to make a decision. If I've got that open wound, I've got to make the decision to put pressure on that open wound and to stop that flow of blood. You have to make a decision to put pressure where that unforgiveness is. It may hurt and may not feel good, but I've got to put pressure on it to stop the flow of unforgiveness from spreading into the rest of my life. It's a conscious decision. It's not just going to go away. 
But it also says this. First says, I've got to stop the bleeding. Then it says, I've got to clean it. That's where the infection comes from. Uh, germs get in there. I've got to clean it out. The way that we clean the open wound of, wound of unforgiveness in our life is we've got to ask for forgiveness. First from that person, forgive me for not forgiving you. But then you've got to go to God and say, God, cleanse me today. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness and all of my sin. God, forgive me for not forgiving those who have sinned against me. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive, Lord, forgive me for my trespass, but also for those who trespass against me. Can I, can I tell you that, that that's what we do? It, it first is we've got to stop the flow of that unforgiveness in our life. We've got to make a decision. I don't want to live with it anymore. But then from there, I've got to cleanse myself. How do I cleanse myself? I've got to go to that person and ask of their forgiveness. But also I've got to go to my God and say, cleanse me, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me for not being, having a heart of forgiveness. But it says this. Then it says you need to apply an antibiotic. See, if you want to take care of that open wound in your life, what do I apply? What is the antibiotic? I've got to apply the word. It doesn't matter how you feel about the person. It doesn't matter that they've hurt you or wronged you. It doesn't matter they mistreated you. It doesn't matter. You don't have the right to stay mad at them. From prayer to devotion You've got to get the word of God and you find every passage you can on what the Bible says about unforgiveness. See, so you spend time in God's presence, you can't stay mad at people. You spend, you, stay, you spend time in the word, it's the antibiotic for your life. If you spend time in the word, I promise you, you can't stay mad at people. Now, after all the times, God forgave his people. But then it says this, it said, then you've got to dress the wound. You've got to cover it up. Can I tell you, you've got to cover up that wound with what? You've got to cover it with something to make sure it doesn't happen again. See, many times what happens in our life is we'll deal with something, but we don't put precautions in place. You've got to put precautions in place for the future. I'm going to decide from this moment on when someone hurts me, mistreats me, mislines me, I'm going to make a decision from this moment on. I'm not going to hold on to unforgiveness. But here's what I love. Here's the last one. It said, you've got to keep changing the dressing you got to keep changing the dress. And what does that mean? Can I tell you, just because you forgive doesn't mean you forgive. There's a little thing me and Laura do when we go to bed at nighttime. Before we go to sleep, we're like, love you, good night, see you in the morning. Now, there are some times it's more like, love you, good night, see you in the morning. <laughs> love you, good night, see you in the morning. There's one time I almost I didn't say it. And she's like, you better see good night. You better see it. There are times that even when you say you forgive, you still don't forgive. Changing the dressing means this, that there, are, there is that one moment where you finally say, I forgive, but it may take days or weeks or even months of continuing to forgive that person. If I ignore that dressing, I'm still going to have the likelihood of getting infected. If you say you forgive, but yet you don't go back and check on it, you don't know that it may still be lying underneath and it's going to cause you problems. The last one is this. Unforgiveness in the end will own you. Some of you think that you still are holding on to unforgiveness. But what you don't know is that unforgiveness is holding on to you. 
Eventually, your unforgiveness will own you. Holding on to unforgiveness will bring bitterness that will get deep into your life and you will become owned by its power. God knows what unforgiveness will do to your life and he wants you to let it go. For some of you, someone has hurt you, mislied you, mistreated you. Some of you, you've been victimized. The greatest story I ever saw of unforgiveness outside of Jesus was me and Laurie Paston in Oklahoma. At a town, a little town just over from us, a mother and a father lost their daughter, couldn't find her. A few weeks later, they found her dead underneath a bridge. She'd been murdered. Couldn't find out it was actually someone within that town. It was two young boys who had raped her and killed her. I'll never forget the scene, the story of this mother and father going into the prison and hugging that boy and saying they loved him and they forgave him. It blew my mind. It shocked me. But see, they had received the gift of God's grace. They were Christians. They were believers. They had faith, and they said, our faith would not allow us to hold on to unforgiveness for what these guys did. They've already hurt us once. We won't let them keep hurting us. Can I tell you today, you've got to give, unforgi you've got to give unforgiveness out of your life. Stop getting offended so easily. Deal with the open wound in your life. Stop letting unforgiveness own you. I close with this. God has given you the free gift of forgiveness. Not because you deserved it. Not because you're worthy of it. Not because he, not because he loves you any more than any of his kids. Listen, God loves you and he gives you the free gift of grace every time you need it. But forgiveness is something that must be passed to you and passed through you. The Bible says this, if you do not forgive those who sin against you, God cannot forgive you. I am a grace preacher. I cannot get beyond that passage. If you will not forgive those who sin against you, God cannot forgive you. It's time to forgive. Will you stand with me? With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're struggling with unforgiveness in your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ today that, Lord, forgive them for their unforgiveness. But, Lord, today, what you that forgiveness that you're going to pass to them, let them pass it on to others. Today, Lord, I pray that they would forgive those who have sinned against them, mistreated them. I pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name that forgiveness will flow in their life as they forgive those who have sinned against them. One last question. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Is he the Lord of your life? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't, then today's the day of salvation. I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever be asked. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you would like to invite him into your life and into your heart, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Let me ask this one more time because I feel there are some. If you're here today 
and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it is so simple. You don't have to do anything but this. Admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace. Believe who he is, that he is the son of the living God, died on a cross for you. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If you're here and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand as, as high as you can, believing that Jesus Christ is going to save you today. I've got one. Amen. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised your hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.